Listen to this quote from Pablo Picasso. Quote, every child is an artist. The problem is to remain an artist once they grow up, end quote. Is that true about you? Did you think you were an artist when you were a kid? Like, did you draw stuff and show it to your parents or to your teacher? I bet you did. Did they put it on the fridge? Aw, I did that. Here's a better question. Was that stuff any good? I bet you it wasn't. Like, don't be mad, but I bet you your art wasn't really that good when you were a little kid. And you know what? Who cares, right? Like, that wasn't the point when we were kids. The point was to just make something that we liked and then show it to our parents or to our teacher or to someone, one of our friends. And over time, as we get older and quote, and quote, wiser, well, things change, don't they? We draw less, we imagine less, and we start, we, we, we start trying to do things as correctly as possible. If a kid were to come up to you right now and hand you a piece of paper with an elephant on it that looked more like a horse, and they said, what do you think? Is it good? Like, see it. Just big old eyes looking up at you. They say they drew a picture of an elephant, but it looks like a weird horse. And they're like, what do you think? What would you say? I know what you would say. So why don't you say it to yourself anymore? That thought and more on this week's episode of the Thoughts of a Dying Worship Leader podcast. So when I was about 18, I was really getting involved in my local church and it was awesome. I was using some of my, you know, like video and graphic design talents. I had been doing some of that in high school and, and so now I was, you know, getting to do it in church. It was awesome. And I was also learning to become a worship leader and it was a wonderful experience. Some of my funnest memories ever. And, uh, eventually after high school, I did an internship at the church for two years, me and my wife. Well, she was my girlfriend at the time, but now she's my wonderful wife. But one of the funny things about the era in which I was an intern was like internships were all the craze. And my wife and I were in it. I just remember like there were interns all over the place. Master's commission. This church had an intern program. We were interns. So if you have been an intern before, especially at a church, then you know this to be true. The word intern can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, right? It's so different. Like we would run into other quote unquote interns and we'd be like, wait, what do you do? It's crazy. (laughs) You know, like one internship is never the same as another. And it doesn't mean that one's better or worse, but it's just they're totally different which was the case for us, because I remember our internship was so heavily based on leadership, more so than I felt like other people were. But it was kind of the craze back then, leadership in like the early 2000s, like 
John Maxwell and all this stuff, you know, you, you could have never guessed how many different books and videos that there were on leadership. You know, like you would imagine that eventually you would have written all the books and solved all of the problems, but nope. There are so many leadership books out there. It's and, and resources, it's incredible. Nobody seems to know how many laws of leadership there really are in the universe. And nobody knows where they keep coming from, but they just keep coming and we keep reading it. Leadership, leadership, leadership. That was like so much of our internship. You know, John Maxwell was pretty big and I enjoyed all, I really still enjoy his leadership today, as well as like Dan Ryland. Ryland has a new book out called Confident Leader. It's definitely worth checking out. But as far as those years go, I remember being totally submerged, submerged, submersed in leadership curriculum. It was all of it. And I think one of the the things I remember most, like from that, there was one word that I heard a ton of. Ready for it? Excellence. Excellence. Anybody with me? Everything needed to be done with excellence. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Like I, I, I believe that that's the truth. But I'm just referring back to this time where it seemed like so much of what we were learning about was excellence. Let me read a few like quotes about excellence, okay? This one's from Confucius. It says, quote, The will to win, the desire to succeed, the urge to reach your full potential, these are the keys that will unlock the door to personal excellence, end quote. Okay, let's move on. Coach Pat Riley, quote, Excellence is the gradual result of always striving to be better, end quote. Next one, this is from Pastor Chuck Swindle, who I love this guy. You've got to look up anything by Pastor Chuck Swindle. So good. He says, quote, The secret of living a life of excellence is merely a matter of thinking thoughts of excellence. Really, it's a matter of programming our minds with the kind of information that will set us free, end quote. All right. I'm not, I don't, I don't know what all those quotes mean. They sound good to me and they sound true. You know, like, yeah, excellence is important. Excellence should be strived for. Excellence is excellent. That's pretty good. Which brings me back to the kiddo coming up to you and showing you his weirdly drawn elephant, right? It was an elephant, right? That's what I said. He's just a kid. I bet you tell him that you like it and you think it looks amazing. I bet you do. I don't care how weird that elephant looks. It could have arms, you know, like human arms. Just get that visual for a second. It could just be totally weird. My daughter, my youngest daughter, she's four right now. Her name is Joss. J-O-S-S. She draws the weirdest stuff you could ever imagine. And most of the time when she's doing it, 
I'll ask her mid midway, like, hey, what are you drawing? She's like, you. I'm like, oh, wow. And, you know, it's just a bunch of scribbles. So, so say, I give him, you know, I would also say like, well, you know, you could have done this and give him some advice to do better. And you know what? Okay, cool. But was it excellent? You know, like, was the little kid's picture excellent? Yes? No? Well, what makes something excellent? And how do you know if it's excellent or not? That was the question that eventually I started thinking about. And I wrote this whole chapter about it. You know, because I got to a place, I think, in life where, hmm, I just wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if things were excellent. And I wasn't sure if I was going about it in the right way. And, and sometimes I felt like I was achieving nothing. Especially, you know, if I had worked hard and it was just like, didn't work out. But it was also because I, I had a narrow view on what that word meant. And maybe that view wasn't also biblical, you know, which I had to really get through. Now, at this point in my life, I'm 33. Whoa, I almost forgot. I'm 33. I've been leading worship for over now uh, 15 years or so, and I've been running church services for a long time, planning them, picking the songs, making the order, naming the, the themes, even making the graphics for the themes, all the stuffy stuff, all the creative stuff. And I love it. Speaking sometimes. So these last 10 weeks at home, have been really tough for me. I've really talked about that a lot on this podcast because, you know, I want this to be about the book, but at the same time, this chapter resonates so much with this because it's it's been so difficult to not be doing the things that I usually have done, especially on Sundays. You know, I was okay the first few weeks, right? Like the first few weeks, it was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, oh, we'll be in our homes and our friends will come over and we can do church together. Like the, the very first Sunday that our church didn't do service in the facility, we had our small group over or a portion of them. And it was awesome. I remember thinking like, that was great. That was so nice. And then basically it was like, oh, yeah, real quick, you're not allowed to be with your friends either. So, haha. And then now we're what, like 10, 11 weeks in? You know, and so I, I haven't, I haven't been myself on Sundays, and I've been working through it. But you know, after those first few weeks, I really started to get depressed on Sunday morning. I wasn't able to do what I had been pouring my life into all these years, and I wasn't able to lead people in worship. There was no planning, there was no rehearsing, no service at all. And and I'm being real with you, like it was really hard, and and it still is hard, and I miss it. I really do. But you know what was interesting is as I prepared for this podcast and I reopened chapter eight, I started reading it. And I'm like, wow, like, have I already forgotten these lessons that the Lord has spoken to me? Because uh, I wrote this chapter on excellence and chasing excellence. And 
it's that oftentimes that, that things being excellent have come before things being about God in my life. You know, so as I've been at home, it's really been not so much about a distance from God as it has been like, oh, I'm just not getting to work and do the stuff I want to do, if, if that makes sense, you know, because for me, excellence is often associated with work. How hard did I push? How effective was it? Was it successful? Did for me, did the service run with excellence? Was the song awesome? Maybe for you, it's in your job, whatever, wherever you work. Maybe for you, it's in your home or your household. I'm not sure. Let me read some thoughts to you from page 138 in chapter eight of Chasing Excellence. Says, while I think things should be done with excellence, I feel from my own experience that the word has sometimes taken the place of being genuine. Is it possible that the pursuit of excellence has actually been a journey away from the people we are supposed to be? I think there has been so much pressure to do things with excellence that we've forgotten what our own voices sound like. If we're honest, then we have to admit that excellence is subjective. And if I'm honest with myself, I have to confess that I've given different definitions of the word excellence to different people. Often excellence ends up meaning I worked as hard as I could. Sometimes excellence means that the plan has, was executed perfectly. Other times, excellence has meant that the majority of people agreed that what they heard, saw, or experienced was good. Yeah. You know, some... Questions to ask yourself is, who gets to determine if something is excellent in your life? Such a big question. Who gets to determine if something is excellent in your life? This is big, and it often goes unnoticed. We are ever so eager to earn the respect of others and the approval of others that we sacrifice who we are to get it. What I mean is the temptation is to be, quote unquote, excellence, excellent, but doing it in a way that isn't true to who you are. The only thing that we, you know, if that child came up with a picture, the only thing that we couldn't praise them for would be if they had taken that picture from somebody else and then brought it to us and said, do you like it, even though they didn't do it? Because it wasn't theirs. You know, we live in a world that tells, you know, that tells us that, tells us what is excellent. And if you want to be excellent, then you need to do things this way, look this way, sound this way. And that's in your job. That's in your life. That's in my, my life. And that's in the church too. But is that really excellence or something else entirely? You know, so the question is how do we pursue excellence in a way that doesn't also mean selling out to who we are and who God made us to be. And I think there's an amazing passage that I wrote about in this, in this chapter and it's found in Colossians 3, 23 through 24. And I'm sure you've heard it, but let me just read it to you. Let's break it down a little bit. It says, whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. 
Wow. In the book, I talk about how in my experience, we emphasize kind of the first part of this passage and then trail out a focus towards the end. The first part says this, whatever you do, work heartily. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure I've told that to people. Like, well, whatever you're going to do, you better work heartily because it's in the Bible. So check it out. But that's not the whole passage. It's true. Whatever you do, work heartily. Yes. But why? Why? You know, what's the reason? Is it just to, is it just to make something awesome or excellent or what is it? Well, it says this at the end. It's because you're serving the Lord Christ. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for man, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. So here's what's important. We have to get the excellence that comes from God. We need to seek that approval that doesn't come from man. And, and for me, as an artist, and, and if you're listening, you're an artist, this is tough because you'll make something, you'll create something, you'll present it, and some people will be like, wow, that's really, that's amazing. And some people will be like, meh. You know? And you know this is true because you do it. Like someone's like, oh man, you got to hear this song. This song's, you're going to love this song so much? Trust me. When you listen to this song, your eyes will cry, will cry so much that you'll you'll never recover. And you're like, okay, geez, let me listen to the song. And you listen to the song, you're like, wow, that song was lame. How? How is that possible? Well, it's because, man, we we have just different filters for all types of things. To one person, something's amazing. The other person's not. But to the Lord, He has a, a real specific way of interpreting things and, and helping us see things. And that's, it's all through our heart. Because if you're working heartily, but you're doing it for man, that probably means you're doing it a certain way. And some of those ways aren't the ways of the Lord. But if we're doing our work and we're doing it as for the Lord, well, you know, that's going to go through the right channel. You know, and I, I think when it comes to excellence, we need to involve God in the beginning. You know, so in our planning, are we praying, you know, like, God, be, anoint this. I, I want to do this. I have a dream for this, but I, I need you. God, I don't want you to follow me. I want to follow you. Are we putting Jesus in the beginning? Are we putting Jesus in the middle, you know, when we're really working on something, whether it be in our life, whether it be a project, big or small? Don't ever think this thing. It, that scripture says, whatever you do. So I don't know what it is you're doing, or what I'm doing, but the Bible says that whatever we do, we could do it to the Lord. And there's a reward when we work like that because we have an inheritance. That's awesome. And then the end, which is really what it comes down to, right? In the end, when the project closes and we're evaluating and it's being evaluated, who gets the final say? It needs to be the Lord. Do you know why you don't say to the child that this picture isn't good? It's because you know that the child genuinely thinks that it is. <laughs> Especially in their young, innocent lives. You know, the, the gap, listen to this, the gap between their understanding of excellence and your understanding of excellence is massive. But that doesn't matter to you. Because you're more interested in them as a person. When my daughter comes to me 
with her artwork. I, I, I'm looking past the artwork and I'm looking at the person, this little person who made something for me and where she's at, this is what she did and, and, and she did it for me. How much more real is this when it comes to you and God, me and him? All the things we accomplish here on earth, all the things we try and do for God to impress him, to earn his approval. Is it any different than handing him a drawing of an elephant that kind of looks like a horse? You know, if, if, if what we do in this life is for the approval of man and for the riches of man and for the fame and favor of man, then we will get the rewards of man. And man may say something is excellent, but we're looking to the Father for that type of approval. I think the key is going to God with our before, during, and after of all those things. And we don't chase excellence. We chase God. And when we chase God, He makes things excellent. Because some of the things that you're going to mess up on are going to be excellent. And we give our best. Yes, you know, we work hard. But not because things need to be perfect, but because we're serving and running after Jesus. You know, excellence is found in the who, not in the what. Because we're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. What a privilege, right? What a privilege. 147 in chapter 8 says, I'm beginning to see that most of the things, whether in art or word, that have made an impact on me have come from a person who expressed their identity with integrity and with a genuine heart. It's like the person already had a stamp of approval from the one who mattered most and from there changed the world. I so badly want to change the world with what I have to offer. I don't want to get so caught up in chasing excellence that I miss my moment. I want the voice of my children. I want the faith that comes from their hearts. I don't want to get so caught up chasing excellence that I miss him being the Lord. You know, let me just say to close this episode out, you've got this. You got this. I don't know what you're doing. Maybe you're launching a business. I don't know. Maybe you're just working at McDonald's. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you're at home. Maybe you lost your job. Man, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord, not for man, because you have a rich inheritance. You got this. You're doing great. You're going to have some opportunities come your way. Go after them with confidence because you're serving the Lord. And it's awesome. It's awesome. Man, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I love being with you on these days. Uh, head over to jordanbn.com and subscribe. I'd appreciate that. It's about to be June, so we're launching the June Book Club. And I'd love for you to be a part of that so you can click on that and um, you can contact me as, as well as there. And uh, look forward to speaking with you. But as we lead and grow together, let's stand shoulder to shoulder on the front lines together. God is up to something. Let's not miss it. I'll see you there.